Hello everyone and welcome to Adoran Talk Sports, the only podcast that talks about every single team in the sport being discussed. Today's topic, the NBA Finals, so naturally we're not talking about every single team. Uh, I am your host, Anaru, or Adoran himself, getting ready to discuss the Game 3 matchup and my expectations for Game 4 in a few days. Uh, I hope you are interested and enjoy. Before we begin, as always, be sure to subscribe, follow, do all those important things you ought to do when supporting a podcast. And if you're interested in helping out the channel and supporting charity in the process, you can check the link down in the description below for Humble Bundle, a uh, company that provides bundles of different games, books, softwares, and more while supporting charity in the process with your purchases. There are so many cool things uh, for anybody that's interested in all sorts of things, from actual games as a Capcom bundle that I'm actually looking at right now maybe purchasing that uh and there's also especially book bundles whether you're a ttrpg fan someone that wants to improve mental health someone that's trying to learn a brand new skill whether that's working with game creation or coding or software or anything like that all of those are available and you can check them out in the description below these bundles of course are for limited times only so be sure to check them out again use the description below to not only support charity but also to support the uh content that i create here um so without further ado, let us begin. Game 3, a recap. Boston now leads the series 2-1 to one as they win over the Golden State Warriors. 116-100 uh, was the final score here. Um, and this was a an interesting game nonetheless. I mean, all these games have been interesting in one way or another, but this game was particularly interesting in how it eventually devolved out. Uh, for the most part, I want to say Boston just took control of this game and never really looked back. There was a brief moment, I think, uh, on a Steph Curry three-pointer in the third quarter uh, on the natural third-quarter runs that the Golden State Warriors seemed to have. There was one instance where they took the lead, but for the most part, this was the Celtics all the way. And that kind of just emphasized the, the, the styles of play that the Celtics have been working with, with compared to the Warriors. Before we begin, actually going into an in-depth look up to the game let's look at the game's scores themselves uh the highlight on the warrior side obviously steph curry as usual doing steph curry and things uh ends the day 31 points four rebounds two assists very much playing that scoring role uh goes 12 for 22 field goal range six for 11 from three uh made his only free throw and was able to lead the team there glad to see clay thompson back on uh clay thompson like games ends up with 25 points five of 13 from three-point range and seven of 17 overall that's definitely much better than what he's been playing with a couple uh games that we've seen so far better statistically and everything uh ends up with a 25 three and three stat line um i'm fascinated by uh, one more person i want to shout out here as well andrew wiggins played pretty well uh, all things considered, ends up with 18 points on 7 of 16 shooting, but only 1 of 6 from 3. That might be uh, something to work on. As if, you know, Andrew Wiggins isn't working on 3-point shooting. Uh, ends up with a, a pretty heavy stat line rebounding-wise as well, 18, 7, and 2. Um, but overall, the rebounding game, we're gonna that's one thing I'm putting a note on as something that the Warriors are going to have to look out for. Uh, those are the bright sides there. Uh, Jordan Poole, another highlight player, ends up with 10 points on 4 of 8 shooting uh Otto Porter Jr. also with six points and two of three shooting those are the real main highlights Gary Payton was out there for a few minutes but didn't play a lot um this was a very small lineup uh and we've been seeing that throughout the 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 game so far but the Warriors really ran heavy with their small lineup they took Looney out of the game um Looney ended up only playing 17 minutes which I found surprising uh and again this will lead more into that rebounding discussion that we'll talk about in a bit 
those are the highlight players. Uh, one person I do want to note out, uh, Draymond Green in the previous games has been a vocal force, if you want to consider it that way. Uh, in this game, though, fouls out of the game, I think it was in the middle of the third quarter, ends up with only two points, th uh, three assists, four rebounds on one of four shooting, 0 for 2 from three-point range, uh, six personal fouls. He got them pretty quickly, all things considered. Uh, the Warriors in general were in foul trouble for the majority of the game. A lot of their uh, star players, uh, Draymond Green had six and fouled out. Andrew Wiggins had four. Steph Curry had four. Uh, and a lot of those were collected early, so it prevented them from being able to play uh, the aggressive style defense that I think some of them want to play. Like Curry is the type of guy that goes for steals, right? So you want to play a bit more aggressively there. Wiggins is just the big body that blocks people inside the paint and so on. Um, but as a team overall, Warriors end up 46.2% field goal range, 37.5 from three, which isn't bad necessarily, but you'll see when we go to the Celtics where that discrepancy comes in. Speaking of, as we go over to the Celtics, uh, highlight players on the Celtics, there's three guys that we really want to point out, and they did the first thing since Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and uh, uh, who, am I, who am I missing? Um, in the 84 finals, uh, Michael Cooper, I think it was, uh, first time where you, three players on the same teams in the final has a 25-5-5 stat line or better. Uh, Jason Tatum was uh, 26 Nine assists, six rebounds. He played more of that playmaker role that he was playing in game number one, and that seemed to work out well here. Jalen Brown, most points scored for the Celtics, 27 points, nine rebounds, five assists. He was definitely, you'll notice here, a lot of these players get a lot of rebounds. Marcus Smart, 24 points, seven rebounds, five assists there. Um, we want to shout out Robert Williams as well, who had 10 rebounds and eight points, but was really playing that force on the inside, preventing any shots from going off. He had four blocks in this game. Uh, which was very impressive. And then Al Horford didn't shoot a lot, but made some clutch plays when he needed to. 11 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. The opposite of the Warriors, you'll notice the Warriors, if you look at their box score, the players that played the most are definitely the shorter players, right? Curry's like 6'2", 6'3". Clay isn't particularly tall. Wiggins might be the tallest guy that played significant minutes here because Kevin Looney was on the bench. On the other hand, you look at Tatum, Horford, Robert Williams III, uh, and so, and Grant Williams and other players like this, uh, that were much more, much taller players, much bigger players, uh, and they took advantage of that, um, when when it needed to. As we, as I continue to mention the rebounding thing without actually talking about the rebounding thing, um, overall as a team, the Celtics shot forty eight percent from field goal range, thirty seven point one from three. So it sounds like okay, percentage wise, it's pretty close, which may be, but it's that significant difference at the end of the day when it comes to just number of shots made, or number of shots attempted, and then percentages from that. Warriors shot 78 shots, uh, while the Celtics shot 89. They were able to get a lot of turnovers and score based on those as well. Um, Percentage-wise, Tatum didn't do particularly great. I mean, 9 of 23 is... Um, let me do the math right there. Yeah, 9 of 23 is 39% from the field, 33% from three-point range, but he was still out there being a force. When you want to look at like efficiency, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart are your guys... Uh, Robert Williams Horford on small attempts as well. Uh, that is the uh, thing here. As we go into the team stats, I want to touch finally on that thing I've been avoiding all this time, the rebounded game. So Kevon Looney did not play a lot of minutes for the Warriors. And uh, I just think back to the previous series against the Mavericks, if I'm not mistaken, where Kevon Looney was having like 20 rebounds uh, and just being that second chance guy. That's how the Warriors feel like they do their best with. Uh, they won. The, if I'm not mistaken, they won the rebounding game in the previous uh, in the previous game, which led to uh, their uh, successes in the previous game. I'm gonna pull up those stats while I uh, while I wait for a second here. 
Um, but the rebounding discrepancy here, 47 rebounds for the Celtics compared to 31 for the Warriors. Uh, 15 offensive rebounds for the Celtics compared to 6 for the Warriors. And that's where the real discrepancy lies. Uh, those second chance points are critical for both teams, but especially for the Warriors, whose only victory right now in this 2-1 series so far has been because of the mistakes that the Celtics make as opposed to the successes that the Warriors have, right? In this game, offensively, the Warriors played very well, but you, when you look at defensively, that's where they struggled here, and that's mainly because the Celtics were able to have those second opportunities, and that's the discrepancy there, nearly 10 more offensive rebounds. They had a few more defensive rebounds as well, um, and definitely just played more. Again, the, the, when you look at turnover, uh, points off turnovers, nearly dead even there, despite the fact that the Warriors had uh, more turnovers, if I'm reading this correctly. Yeah, just when looking at the previous two games, the Warriors, uh, in the rebounding game, tied the first match. They had more offensive rebounds, which is why they played that match pretty well, especially in, up until the last quarter, basically. But the Celtics, a match that the the, the Warriors have won already. Uh, rebounding game, dead heat. They were able to score a lot of points off of turnovers um, and be able to succeed from there. I don't think I've been reading this right, actually. I think it's, uh, it's flipped. But still... Um, the the way that the the Celtics have been losing their games so far have been through giving up the ball. And if they don't make those mistakes, as they didn't make here, the Warriors don't really have a big avenue. So now as we look forward to game four, I'm interested to see a few things. First thing I want to see, what's Draymond going to do? His aggressive nature did not work in this game. It's, it's clearly evident about that. Uh, fouled out extremely quickly, was constantly frustrated, constantly not able to get into a groove to set people up as his Draymond's role, right? When you think about the NFL as the sport, as the main sport that I tend to know, um, when you think about the NFL, if the quarterback is off, the entire team is off, right? If your quarterback is inaccurate, then the wide receivers can't really do much. The running back can't do a lot, right? It, it turns into a lot of just handoff and let the running back do their ISO thing or build plays outside of the quarterback's control. That's where the whole argument about game managers and, uh, you know, is having a dominant running back really a successful team because then your quarterback doesn't look good, yada, yada, yada. Uh, that's where that argument lies from. And that's what this game turned into. It turned away from Draymond setting things up and uh, picking and popping where he needs to be and turned more into, okay, let's just hand it off to Curry as our running back and see what he can do here, right? Or hand it off to Clay, see what he can do here, and let everybody else sort of figure out what's going on. So uh, I understand Draymond's perspective because that is that is his most effective strategy in the past. I don't know if that is going to work in this series. That's number one on the Warriors' side. Number two, I think Looney has to play more minutes. I know that... Uh, Actually, I don't know. This is, again, as I've mentioned repeatedly at some point in all episodes regarding the finals, I am a casual fan of basketball. Uh, I think I am a more devoted fan uh, to the game than a standard casual, if this makes any sense. But uh, I am I am fully understanding that I don't know plays, I don't know schemes, I don't know setups or anything like that. With that said, if, this, if the path to success that the Celtics have been exploiting is based on the rebounding game, why don't you have your best rebounder out there? I felt like the pick and roll was what was really successful in game two. That's what the announcers were saying. That's what people after the game were saying. So why not have your best pick and roll guy, who I feel like would be the threat inside, a.k.a. Kevon Looney just being this big guy? Why not have him on the floor more often so that you play this game? I understand that goes against the general plan 
of the Warriors. They really want Jordan Poole out there. They really want uh, Otto Porter. They really want Gary Payton, like these smaller guys to play that sort of like efficient basketball. But seeing as that's not how the game worked, right? It didn't work in that same aspect. I would think having, uh, I would think having your big guy out there to get those rebounds would be impressive. That's the strategy that I tend to think the Warriors have succeeded most at is just, look, if you take a shot and it misses, I'm getting the ball. If I take a shot and I miss, I'm getting the ball. That strategy, right? Because with the Celtics playing that huge lineup, they're constantly having those second-chance opportunities. That's what the argument against the Warriors has been. It's not necessarily... I don't think it's necessarily the fact that they're too small so they can't play inside. That doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. I think with the the league slowly taking more and more three-point shots, being inside isn't as necessary. But I think when you miss a shot, and you miss a shot from outside, then whoever's on the inside is going to get that ball. And with the taller, stronger players that the Celtics have been throwing out there, they have more people that can go inside to get those rebounds, which is why they were able to collect so many in this game, right? Celtics limited turnovers and got rebounds, and that tends to be a strategy that wins you more games than loses. So I'm interested to see for the Warriors side in game number four how Draymond Green is going to adapt. I feel like he's got to find some sort of middle ground between game two and game three. Game three was aggressive to the point of inefficiency basically while game two was aggressive to the point of under like getting under the Celtics skin and while that's annoying if you're a fan of the Celtics or playing Draymond uh for the Warriors to succeed I don't think anyone is going to go back and say oh but that that ring doesn't count because Draymond was annoying that that doesn't sound that doesn't make any sense um I think it's got to be some sort of boundary in between there uh for Draymond I want I think because I can't really see that from the avenue that I'm looking at this, and again, this is coming from a casual, but from the avenue that I'm looking through this, I think you have Kevon Looney out there more just to grab the ball more. Um, and that and that leads to second chance points. For the Celtics, basically copy and paste exactly what happened in this game, right? Limiting turnovers and having Tatum and Brown both have good games at the same time. That, that was the argument, especially at the early part of the season. I remember constantly hearing that, oh, it looks like Tatum and Brown are deferring to each other as whose time it is, right? One of them will stand on the side while the other one does some iso play, takes a shot, and then you know they'll switch back and forth every now and then. But if they can have plays like this, games like this, where one of these two players decides to be more of the playmaker role and still collecting their points, while the other one decides to be that scoring role, that's exactly what it worked here. You can see in the stat uh, breakdown, uh, if you flip assists and rebounds, they're almost identical. So they had nearly the same number of points. Tatum played the the, uh, the assist guy, and Brown played the rebound guy. And that seemed to work perfectly fine. They had almost exact number, so exactly the same number of points. Uh, the assist-rebound ratio was almost identical. And basically, they were able to just play off each other, which is how the Celtics have been succeeding over the past half of the year. Um, so I, I, I would basically copy and paste this until further notice because the, the big lineup seems to be beating the Warriors. Tatum and Brown both able to do very well. Smart on the back, just kind of like, hey, if you guys can't do it, I got this, and then does his own thing. Uh, and then Horford and Williams just being those big bodies that can collect boards at the end of the day. Uh, I'm very surprised. Horford had six uh, assists. I do not remember those six assists, but wow. Uh, but yeah, those are the things there. One minor thing to note uh, late in the third quarter, I believe, Steph Curry, uh, in a little scrum trying to grab the loose ball, uh, has, I think, Horford land on his foot, thus uh, causing a problem. If Curry is out for any significant portion of time, then the Warriors have lost. I think that's not safe. That's not, sorry, uh, I think that's not a bold thing to say there. If Curry is out, the Warriors cannot win. 
They can win games, maybe, but they cannot win the series of war if Curry is out. Barring Clay going back to prime Clay, Draymond going back to prime Draymond, and Jordan Poole literally becoming Steph Curry, uh, I I don't see any way that they would be able to win this. So no pressure for Curry, but I would I I would honestly, if uh, if I was Curry, just take a nap forty eight hours and hope that heals everything. Um, a slight exaggeration, but nevertheless, I'm worried. I'm sounding low key like one of those hot take people. I really don't like the hot take culture, uh, just because it implies that what you've done today is more important than everything else you've ever done, uh, which isn't true at all. Um, but that that's what I want to see here. Uh, again, the series by no stretch of the imagination is out of the question, right? In the middle of the third quarter, the Warriors took the lead despite the the fact that they were down by I think twelve uh, going into halftime. Uh, despite uh, despite that, at one point, Golden State, I think, took the lead in the third quarter. So it's still anyone's series, right? Despite the fact that Boston is up 2-1, still anyone's series. All I see is a, is a consistent is consistent evidence that this is going to turn into a seven-game series. And so I am very excited for that. Uh, that is going to be a wrap-up here. A little bit about Game 3, a lot of bits about Game 4, vice versa. I'm interested to see how that's going to go. Uh, be sure to check out the link in the description below for Humble Bundle. Uh, highly recommend it because it truly does help support the channel and also get you good stuff in the process. Um, that's basically it. Uh, after these finals, I have a, a small project that I've been working on that might be interesting, um, but I do need to find out the results of this final because it does impact the project, and that's all I will say on that. So look forward to that when the finals are over. Thank you very much for listening and watching and supporting in any way, shape, or form that you do. And until next time, everyone. Take care.